welcome to Women in Confidence with me, Vanessa Murphy, HR expert, confidence coach, and now podcaster. This podcast discusses all things to do with confidence in life and in work. And this is a podcast for women who want to learn what confidence is, how to obtain it, and how to maintain it, and learn how confidence can help you grow and flourish. Every week, I introduce you to amazing women who have interesting stories to tell about confidence. Through their stories, insights, hints and tips, you realise that a lack of self-belief or low self-esteem is common and also very human. But by listening to them, you'll take away what they have done to show up confidently on the inside as well as on the outside. Jane, hello and welcome to Women in Confidence and thank you very much for joining at very short notice, I have to say. It's so lovely to be here, Vanessa. Thank you for asking. What I should point out to the audience is that my previous guest cancelled at very last minute due to an illness and Jane so heroically stepped in. I think it was last night yep. that you, we agreed we were going to go for it. So I'm, honestly, I'm so grateful. Mm-hmm. So we're going to get straight into it. And the first question I always ask people, Jane, is what does having confidence mean to you? Yeah, it's such an interesting question that sounds so simple, doesn't it? And really, it's so multidimensional. I think ultimately confidence is, and this is the the grown-up Jane's version, so life experience, is sitting truly, groundedly within myself. So knowing myself, good, bad and and indifferent and understanding myself and sitting within that. It's when I I was, you know, fighting part of myself, I think that is where the lack of confidence came in. And would you say that you are a confident person? Gee, yes, I would. But I certainly have my days, certainly have my wobbly days, absolutely. You know, it's funny because I, as an adult, I've been in roles that have been um, on the front foot in sales. I'm forever talking to people I don't know or going to events where I, I know nobody, um, travelling to places all around the world on my own. So that takes a fair amount of confidence. In the same sentence, I would describe myself as, especially when I was younger, very shy, very shy. So it's it's... It's in there, but it's definitely been a learned skill, learned and practised. And when you know, when you're showing up confidently, what's yep. going on for you? What shows up? So each, uh, being in fashion, I make sure everything on the external is making the very most of what I've got so that that, that gives me a few little peps forward um, and I make sure I, I sort of ground myself and I'm not, I try and not rush from A to B entirely as much as possible so that I can I can deliver whatever message that I'm there to talk about with confidence and clarity and be present and of course know my topic, whatever that is. So Yeah. Well let's talk about fashion because you mentioned it. You work in the fashion industry and have done for a long time. I do, yeah. But across many roles. Yes. How did you get into fashion in the first place? Yeah, I, I am Lucky enough that I, it was never a decision. I just knew in my heart and it's in my blood and it's just, it just is. And I'm very grateful for that. I didn't really know what I wanted to do within that area. I think as a creative person, we're good at quite a few things. So we can do a few things. 
my I studied, so I'm I'm academically trained. Um, but I started sewing at nine and just haven't stopped. Uh, I had my first business at about 16 years old. I was making gowns when we were all going to balls and debs and that kind of thing. And I used to make for my peers. I love really high-end fashion. And then started my first full-time business straight before I finished college or university. And I thought I'd do it forever, actually. But I'm all about learning and growing and improving and moving forward and and bravely taking risks. So that's that has dictated my life actually of of trying new things and to keep trusting my instinct of when to walk away from situations and 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 bravely try new ones. Yeah. Mm. Actually, I'll give you an example of courage. Sorry, is. I, I sold that, bus- that business when I was about 30, had no idea what I wanted to do. I needed a break from the general public, so I, I went very quiet and very internal for a few months. And I started, I got a part-time job at a fabric shop, and I love fabric. I could, it, it makes me very happy. Their agent left, who was the Victorian agent, and I thought, I can do this. I've never done it before, but I thought, I I can do that. I know fabric and I confidently know what I'm talking about. So I made a time to go and see the owners and I said, here's why I'm perfect for the job. This was a good example of confidence because inside I was wobbly, but on the outside I knew I could do it. And they said, why should we give you a go? And I said, because I can do it, you know. and I did, and I did, and I be, I became their general manager and I became their buyer and I I thought I'd stay for about three months and I stayed for 11 years actually. <laughs> but that was because I kept growing and I kept saying, okay, here's what, where I would, I would look for opportunities that suited my strengths and sort of here's why you need me, which all sounds very confident. <laughs> But I, I do believe we get given opportunities along the way in life and there's nothing wrong with not taking the opportunities and staying safe and staying still, but you never know what's over the other mm. side around the corner if you bravely give it a go. So you brought up a couple a lot there that I want to just yep. delve into. The first one you said was knowing when to step away or to leave and you did that with mm-hmm. some elements of your career. How at the time, if you can recall, did you know it was the right thing to do? Because it is the easy thing to do is to stay and it's safe and stable. But how did you know that it was the time to to walk away? Yeah, I've I've done that again and again and again, truly. I've just sold another business about a month ago. As I've got older, I've learned to trust my instinct more and more and more. And I don't second guess it. You know, I suppose it's just instinct, really. It really is. And there's no, there are no, um, it's not a sure thing by a long shot. It really isn't. Um, you know, like when you've got a mortgage and and responsibilities, it's pretty scary. Of course it is. So I, I suppose it's, it's, a, it's a bit learned behaviour. So it's, you know, save up for a rainy day, do all those things that your parents tell you to do. <laughs> Make sure that you've got a little bit of a buffer there. Keep learning, keep keep doing, like I love self-learning, self-improvement and reading and doing little courses. Like I'm, I'm up for all that 
that kind of thing all the time. So it's balancing that. And then I call it listening to the whispers. So you know when, I'll give you an example with dating. So, and you date some some guy that you know is really, really bad for you, but they're (laughs) always the super appealing ones. And you know that this is not a good situation and you choose to ignore those little whispers Mm. and you end up in this (laughs) falling head over heels for someone that's not good for you until eventually you realise, okay, it's time I'm out now. So it's trusting those little whispers when we bring it back to business and careers of, okay, well, I'm getting, I'm hearing that again and again and again. Maybe, maybe I need to act now. Maybe it's time to act now. And I think that is like a muscle. I think that, not I think, that is like a muscle. You need to practice that. And the first time I second-guessed myself and hummed and hard for ages and done it a fair few times now and now now I trust that more and I don't ask a trillion people's opinions because I think that is distracting when you ask you know six girlfriends opinions they'll all give you a different opinion and most will most people talk from their experience very few will say actually I know you inside out and I know that is for your greatest good I was going to ask you, do you, when you're coming, you've got your whispers and then you get your feeling and your intuition, mm. do you ever go and seek external advice, whether that's from girlfriends or business I do. experts? I do. Um, as, as time's gone on, now I know if I have to seek external advice or if it's a, I'm not sure, then that's my answer. Now I only act on nine times out of ten. I only act on things that are, uh, yep, yep, that sounds perfect, yep. So with that in mind, and it sounds like, you know, you talk about opportunities and, you know, going out and constantly developing yourself. Do you feel like you'll be doing what you're doing now forever or do you feel like there'll be another opportunity come along? Oh, that's such a good question. I, I, I don't think about forever and ever. No, I don't. I used to when I was, you know, 20-odd and idealistic and heavily, I'm a very romantic person and I had these ideals of how life, I wanted life to be and then life takes different twists and turns and I've learned that often the twists are for a better outcome if I bravely follow them. There's nothing wrong with not taking them and you can lead a safer kind of life but actually deep down I don't want that. I don't want that. So I was I was in a corporate job for a little while there. And corporate is perfect for many people. But I remember I knew it was time for me to go. I needed to get back into small business again and back with my own freedom and flexibility and creativity. And I remember my boss's boss rang me and said, Jane, what can we do to keep you? And I said, actually, look, thank you for the offer, but no, oh, um, there's nothing. And she said, but this is a job for life. And I remember thinking, it's so interesting, isn't it? See, she thinks that's appealing. And for many people, that is appealing. For me, I felt very stifled by that. That That's not for me. Yeah, I actually felt like that was a nail on the, co- on the coffin of creativity and freedom. And I, t- I can totally understand where you're coming from. And I think 
we're similar in that respect. So I did do a job for about 15 years or I worked for the same company for 15 years, but I was fortunate that you moved, I moved around quite a lot in those. But I think if I'd stayed in the same area for 15 years, I think I'd have felt suffocated because it just, yeah, it just, I'm just not a job for life kind of person. I think it's refreshing Mm -hmm. to move and to challenge yourself. I mean, there is something about confidently or going into a new part of business or, industry or whatever it is sector and the confidence to do that really just pushed me out of my comfort zone and that's to me is where I stretch 100% like I feel like I'm constantly the new girl constantly I constantly know almost nobody and <laughs> um and go to events on my own or go to things and go to new departments or whatever and I think that's it's something I've got better at, but it's it's something I really enjoy now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's talk about events and networks because there's probably many people and I have grown to like them, but there'll be people yeah. who are listening who think that's just like going to hell. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry if you're religious, but, you know, like some of the networking events are, oh, they're are really hard. How, how do you? I, yeah. Yeah. My big word actually for this year is discerning. And I would use that word in reference to events like that. Um, I pick and choose and I just trust my instinct with them. You know, if they are ones where people are shoving their business card down, you know, at you and what can I sell you on? Honestly, you you can just watch me step right back and find someone more like-minded because I I don't operate like that way and I don't um, respond to people talking to me like that. But you do find you do find your people. About about three or four years ago, I I when I first actually left corporate again, I thought right, I need to find like minded. Um, I deal with I work with women, so I thought I need to find like minded women. How on earth am I going to find them? So every week, I went to th- at least two to three different events every week for I did that for probably a year and you know you'll go to one and meet some there'll be at least one lovely person there and she'll say you know who what would be good for you and I follow I call it like following the breadcrumbs you know you find one girl and she's lovely and more your kind of person and she'll suggest something else so you think all right well I'll give that one a go and that's how that's how I found my people but there was a lot of trial and error and it was a lot of going to things that weren't quite the right, you know, nothing wrong, but just just not um, not my people. Yeah. Mm. So that just takes time. Mm. And do you think people give up? They go to a few networking events yep. and they think, oh, this is awful, I couldn't find, yep. or they find that one person and think, well, the object of these network events is to find people, more people, and mm. give up. I, I, I mean, what would be your advice to people about facing into that? I'd bravely give it a go, yeah, and and try and look at it as a big picture rather than getting really stuck on the small stuff. So I, I would suggest to try and not get too caught on the small stuff. I would, when, when say, you've gone to an event and it's not your, not your jam and, you know, try and look at it that, okay, it was an opportunity for me to refine how it, in my case, how I talk about my business, you know, the old elevator pitch, which 
we need to get better at communicating who we are and what we do, but in a nice way, not not a salesy schmarmy, if that's the right word, way. And so I think going to those events really helped me do that. And it helped me walk up to someone and say, oh, I can see you're new. Hi, I'm Jane. How, you know, how come, how'd you end up here today? Find something. It, it helps. It definitely helps your communication skills and, you know, smile and be nice. Like you you just don't know. Doesn't mean you have to be best friends. Doesn't mean you have to see each other again, but just give it a go. Then sit there and say nothing and look um, shut, you know, shut mm. the persona. Yeah. I think that's a great piece of advice just to go up to somebody and say, look, yeah. you, you're, you look new or you look as lost as me or you look like you don't know anybody. Yeah. And just let's chat and let's find out about each other. And, like, surely you can find a compliment somewhere. Surely someone's got a great pair of shoes or, I don't know, a handbag you love. Like, I can't tell you how many <laughs> times. But, I mean, I genuinely mean it. I'm, I've, I only say things if I mean it. But, like, how nice is that on the reverse? Oh, doesn't yeah. mean we have to run off into the sunset. It just means that was nice and she made she made it. Uh, made me feel a little bit comfortable when I was a bit nervous because you can bet your bottom dollar they're probably just as nervous. Mm. So let's talk about your your job. I hate the word job actually because it's not yeah. a job, is it really? But the, what you do. <laughs> you, so if you tell everybody what your what you do, that do. would be great. Thanks. Yeah. So I'm a star, a fashion stylist. So I've been a fashion stylist for about thirty odd years. But I have I have done a lot of things. I'm a fashion designer. I've been a buyer. I I have been a tertiary lecturer in fashion and all aspects, so business and whatnot. These days I still guest lecture from time to time. But I very much come from the angle of, so I work with women, I work with female founders and women in business who want to elevate their self-confidence, to know themselves more, to sit strongly within yourself Part of knowing yourself is making sure that the outs, the inside, re, the outside reflects the inside, that they're congruent together. And it's my observation, working in the industry forever and ever and ever, that teaching teaching that side of things, teaching women about themselves, so you know how we're built, our colorings, our all those things to give you the very best opportunity to go out there and share your magic with the world, your skills, your your message, whatever that is. So I work with women. What I've realised over the time is self-confidence takes time to lose. You know, we have some girl who said something years ago and it just it got you on the sore spot about something that you were a, you're a bit self-conscious about anyway. And then some boy you dated said the same thing and, and we start to believe these silly things. Mm. You know? I call it the 150% mirror. When we look in the mirror, there are very few women I've dealt with and I've dealt with many who look in the mirror and say, I love my body just the way she is. Majority, not all, but majority say, my tummy, my bottom, my hips, my my whatevers. Mm. But actually the way you look at it and the way most of us look at your body are very, very different. Like your eye magnifies it, hence the 150%. And so I'm all about, okay, well, if that is what you're worried about, 
let me show you how to work around that. Let me, let me teach you. Let me give you the tools. So I come from a space of education and like my signature course actually goes over five months because, like I said, women take time to lose their confidence. So in return, it takes time to rebuild that. And at a certain point, and every woman's different, at a certain point, someone will email me, ring me, whatever, and say, I get it. I get what you're saying. And I'm like, yes, I could give you a cuddle through the phone. And like, that is the best bit where women can then say, you know what? I know that that particular shop, the designer, and because I've taught them all about mm. the, the patterns and the, you know, from the technical point of view, that, does, that designer is not made. Their blocks aren't made for your hips and bottom. It's mm. not your hips and bottom that are wrong. It's just you're not the right match for their, um, their what they call their blocks, their pattern blocks. Mm. So that's empowering, isn't it? Instead of thinking, you know what, you need to just lose more weight or all this kind of thing. No, 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 that's not what it's about. So we, when it comes from a place of education, loving your body just the way it is. So one lady who has just finished my course, she, she's um, 47, so highly educated, travelled the world, lovely relationship, husband, home, the whole lot. So on paper, everything is amazing. And she said, I, and beautiful figure, and she said, Jane, I have never loved my body. Mm. And I thought, wow, isn't that amazing? Like here we are. It's just fascinating to watch, like, why we think the way we think. And then she said by the end, she said, you finally taught me to look in the mirror and love myself. And I thought that alone is why I do. Mm. Like, that's that's pretty life-changing for women, you know. Yeah, That's a lot of emotion to carry around for 47 years as well. That must be quite tiring. So imagine you released. <laughs> Exhausting. Exhausting, yeah. yeah. Another lady that comes to mind who I, I know is an ex-international model. So beautiful, beautiful on the outside and the inside. And she said to me, Jane, it is exhausting keeping up the facade. And I thought, A, I would never have guessed you to say that to me. B, you're exactly right. It's exhausting. It's mm. exhausting trying so hard for all of us. So see what one of the, part of what I teach you is just with the tools is to sit within yourself. And that that's really hard. It's really hard. It's so much easier to pretend we're fine, mm. pretend we've got all the balls in the air and pretend we're, I don't know, like Instagram worthy. <laughs> um, it, it's actually to sit within our truth is takes a lot of courage. So it sounds like, I mean, your fashion to me would be, it's all about the external. Yeah. It's what you look and how you represent yourself to the world. But it sounds like you spend a lot of time doing the internal confidence and you say being in yourself and probably listening yeah. to your whispers and all yeah. those things. Is yeah. that true? Do you spend perhaps- 100% more, right. Yeah. Interesting. 100% right. So we, I, every, every session is a combination of both. Mm. It's tailored depending on who needs what at the time. So you, you're 100% right. So one of the things that with my self-confidence that I struggled with all these years is my love of fashion. So that's been there the whole time. But my love, knowledge and 
connection to the whispers, to intuition, to all the inner work. And, and I've always done a lot of inner work. Now, having worked in fashion all these years, a lot of, I can't tell you how many people said to me, oh, you're so sensitive. Oh, stop being so sensitive. You know, toughen up like it was all negative. For me, I started to believe it's negative. So I kept that side very hidden, keep my life compartmentalised. And then at a certain point, I realised both of these are my special skills. They needed to come together. And that's, that's what I do these days, which is bring them all together. And I've realised that's what women need. Mm. We need both because, they, because by, taking you shopping and buying you a beautiful new jacket, which might suit you, it's, to me it is a, an element of that is a Band-Aid. It's sort of, I feel ashamed that it takes almost so long to get to a point because I'm 50 next year and I feel it was only in the probably the last four or five years where I've got who I, I've really understood who I am and what I like and what I'm good at and it's all coming together. And it's so frustrating that I've had to get to that point in life. But maybe that is, that's how it is because you have to go through life experiences. Yeah to yeah. get to the point where your true confidence yeah. just happens to be nearly in your 50s. I think, I think something happens with women because most women I work with are loosely in, you know, for, for mid-40s on age mm. group. And I, I think, and when I think of even just the example I've just given you, so, you know, the, the fashion side I've known inside out my whole career but the big thing of bringing the two worlds together really only happened mid-40s for me. And, and finally getting to that point where it's like, okay, this is the whole Jane package and owning it, mm. which takes its own sense of confidence. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I just I see that across a lot of women who, it, you know, we, we start to find ourselves in our 30s and, the, and every now and then there are unicorns who bless them. They just seem to work it out. And well done, my goodness, well done. But for a lot of us, it's it's older than that. Yeah, yeah. And our so, bodies change in our forties. Sorry, they do. Our bodies change in our forties, and as we head towards fifty, and you know the weight distributes differently, and all that kind of thing. And mm. perhaps children are a bit older. Um, if you've gone the children angle, children, you know, for a long time, the extra money is put into edu- educating children. Fair enough, rightly so. But at a certain point, there is more money to spend yeah. on you again. Hmm. So I was curious because I was going to ask you as well, what sort of woman comes to you and uh, perhaps wants the, the services of a stylist? Yeah. So I, it's interesting. I've just written actually my first what a biography. And I, in there I talk about in my 20s I used to dress celebrities here and I always thought that's what I wanted to do because, you know, it's you're in the media, all the rest of it. Actually, it was, I'm glad I've done it, but it, it only took a couple of years for me to go, you know what, actually this doesn't really make my heart sing. So who I work with are women in business, particularly women in small business, Sometimes it's, it's corporate women who are looking to get up, um, make their way up the ladder mm-hmm. and, and refining their, their sense of self and dressing for the role they want, not the role that they currently are at. 
But a lot of the time it's women in uh, female founders following their heart, setting up their businesses. And then when they do that, especially scaling up and you out presenting, you are the face of your business. So what is that look now that's not corporate, that's uh, perhaps you're going pitching for funding or, you know, whatever, or media or speaking at events, whatever. So it's, it's women in that space to to help you refine exactly what we've just spoken about, your your confidence, really own it so that you can really walk out and command that stage. And so when you're when the clients come to you yeah. and they start saying, um, this is what's happening in my life, Jenny, and this is why I need your support, how many of them really know themselves and they know what they stand for? Most clients are majority are mid-40s and above. I do attract younger, but essentially they're that. So they are starting to really get to know themselves, which which is amazing. And that's that's probably who I attract because of how deep I work too. And then I take them on a journey and most of them, nine times out of ten, say I never knew this. You're teaching life skills and I, I didn't. You know, it's the you don't know what you don't know. Mm. So they 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 know themselves to a point. Yeah. So Jane, um, whilst we uh, have to come to an end of this um, interview, sadly, what's your one piece of advice for women who perhaps want to think about their, how they're presenting yeah. themselves through their fashion to the outside world? What's your one piece of advice to them? Yeah. So have a think about when. I ran a few workshops during lockdown. We're both Melbourne girls here and, of course, we're in the world's longest lockdown. <laughs> and and I, I ran a number of workshops and I said to the girls, okay, in the lead-up, in the week before our workshop, I want you to write down what you're wearing today and how it makes you feel. So are you peppy and joyful? Are you really, really dragging yourself to the computer, are you feeling low, like whatever adjectives you've got. And what I noticed, and this was a bit myself included, is if if you stay in yoga gear and you're not a yoga teacher, if you're in yoga, fine, no worries. But if you're not, I find that your vibration can drop a bit. You can start feeling a bit flat and start being a bit, just a bit blah. Not big blah, but just a bit blah. When you put on a pretty outfit, you prop, put proper shoes on, like not just, um, you know, home stuff, and you do your hair, do your face and sit and ready to present, your vibration lifts. You rise to the occasion and you're on. Mm. So I would just take note. And, again, this is not a judgment thing. This is just an observe thing. What I found is when we are losing that part of ourselves and getting into I just don't care mm. and then then our our positivity, our daily yeah, positivity and sense of self just keeps dropping. So mm. that that would be my one hint. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, thank you for that. I I was on many Zoom calls over the Zoom, uh, sorry, the lockdown period. And there were, I can remember people saying to me, oh, I haven't washed my hair today. I just can't be bothered. Yeah. It was so common, yeah. I think, because yeah. particularly yeah. Melbourne, as you say, we were in such long lockdowns. I guess yeah. people just, 
yeah. just gave up a little bit. And as a I result, did. now your services are going to be so now emerging yeah. <laughs> and people are starting yeah. to see us. Yeah. You know, it, it's so important how we portray ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And because what that does, like what I noticed is it just chipped away mm-hmm. at our sort of self-worth. You know, one mm-hmm. girl I spoke to, her children said to her mum, all you wear is a tracksuit or your dressing gown every day. And she was on Zoom calls. And I said, but how does that make you feel? And she she was so flat and she's normally peppy and she was so flat. Now, I know there's a lot of factors there. I know that. I lived it. But, you know, I find for me personally, I put on high heels and um, a fully dressed the same way I would if I was meeting you in mm. person or running a seminar together because then I feel on and I feel ready and I'm on my front foot and I am the most Jane I can be. And that's who I need to be to show up. Well, Jane, thank you very much for your time. And I hope you've enjoyed being on the the podcast. And thank you again at short notice for stepping in. It's been wonderful. Um, I should say we didn't actually know each other or have a pre-preliminary call. So I just think it's been really natural and I really appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And I hope there's a few nuggets of gold for some of your beautiful listeners. You sound like you've got a really lovely connection with your listeners. So yeah, thank you. They're all beautiful. Um, just before you before we sign off, can you just tell people how they can find you and how oh, they can yes. get hold of you? Yeah, look, I'd love to talk to if this resonates with anyone. Um, feel free, reach out. My website is finessebusinessandstyle.com. Uh, you'll notice on there on the front page at the very bottom, sort of low down, you can connect and uh, for a complimentary chat if you would like to sort of see whether, you know, what what the offerings are and whether it appeals to you and um, we can go from there. Great. Yeah. And do you work with clients all over the world? I do. I Excellent. do. I have women all over the world, which is amazing. So, yeah, we love them. Great. I put all those details in the show notes so anybody can um, find you using those notes. So, yeah, thank you very much. Thank you for having me.